Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in. It is the Friday edition. No, no, it's not. It's the Monday edition of The Drive. We were just talking about the Friday show before I brought it in. Bill Cameron will be here in a second. I'm Dan Peck. We're off to a tremendous start. Uh, Some housekeeping. Uh, All the best to Jacob Goings. Unwell uh, today, so no on the line. He will be back soon. Drew? All right, there we go. And and the... uh, uh, Bill Bill Cameron is coming in uh, to the studio shortly. He had a uh, he had a prior engagement before the show, and he'll be here as soon as he can. We've got a lot to talk about on today's show. Auburn, a forty eight eighteen loss in Baton Rouge as the Auburn LSU yearly series comes to an end. Uh, a lot of folks last week talking about their affinity for the Auburn LSU series, <laughs> their desire to see this game played every year. Uh, I wonder if that uh, polling has changed any after Saturday night because Auburn uh, really looked to be uh, several steps behind uh, the, the LSU Tigers. They can in, catch up. They, 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 can, now, they, yeah. they can catch up uh, eventually. Things can change quickly in college football, but, uh, but, but a lot of questions and – Unfortunately, you know, unlike A&M and especially Georgia, where you felt like there was progress you could point to and different aspects of the game where you, you felt like Auburn had maybe made some headway or individual starters had played well, uh, the game on Saturday night uh, did not – it felt a little bit uh, emptier as far as how, uh, how, how far you could push – the, the the progress narrative. Yeah, it was definitely a step back. There's no, yeah. no question. But that happens sometimes to teams, right? It, it doesn't does. mean that the rest of the season is going to be, a, a, you know, a downhill you know, it doesn't. disaster. Teams kind of go up and down sometimes. Uh, Notre Dame, for example, got blown out and embarrassed at Louisville nine days ago, right? A week later, they beat undefeated USC at home. It's true. Louisville riding the big high goes to I think they went to Pittsburgh a one and four Pittsburgh and got their tails beat in. Yeah, Auburn not an overwhelming underdog on Saturday against Ole Miss no. by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I, I was reading Justin Ferguson's piece earlier, and Ed, we'll get to you in a second. Just saw the, uh, the we we have Ed on the line. We'll get to him. Uh, the uh, we have some news about the phone line, by the way. So I'll I'll tell you about that in uh, in, in just a moment. No one else in the studio knows about this, so this will oh, be a, this will be fine. I'll wait till Bill gets here. Uh, but but we've got some, uh, some some news on that front. But but no, I, I think uh, uh, the the part of the schedule where you said Auburn is facing teams that have thoroughly out recruited it the last couple of years, uh, that part of the schedule is for the most part over. That's correct until yeah, until, until Alabama. Until the Iron Bowl, right now, it's a matter of uh, can this roster and this depth chart make make any uh, headway? Can can they have any progress against teams like Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Vanderbilt and Arkansas, even with Two of those games away from home, right. and Ole Miss still with a chance to win the SEC West. Yeah. I mean, they're in they're oh. in contention if if the right things happen. They need they need to win out. They need LSU to win out. That's yeah. that I think wins LSU that because 
Bama has the tiebreaker over over Ole Miss. Alabama LSU. I guess maybe no play in two Ooh. weeks. Both get a week off. It's at Tuscaloosa. Would Bama need to lose twice if there's a because maybe that would that would set up a three way tiebreaker in the uh, in, in the West, and I don't know what would happen there. But but Ole Miss still in the hunt, so it's a it's a big game, and of course Hugh Freeze's former team on Saturday. But no, some some big questions about what can be done to salvage an offense that's been, especially if you single out just the Power Five games, uh, really uh, below par. Yeah, it's tough. And which one's bad, below par or above par? I always forget. Below. You want to be. Well, you, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, In you know golf, what? How about be... below average? There How about you, you want to say, yeah. yeah, but, you know, b- below average. So, uh, yeah, it, it, they've, they've got some figuring out to do. And it sounds like uh, Peyton Thorne uh, it's still uh, going to get the majority of the snaps based on Hugh Freeze's talk today. Yeah. I was, uh, and I promise we'll get to you, Ed, uh, but I was, I don't know. Well, one of the things that I, that I came away not troubled by, uh, but – it did seem like maybe the plan was for Auburn to the hope, maybe not the plan. The hope was that Auburn this year, regardless of the win-loss record, would find progress at quarterback or wide receiver and someone who could maybe be part of the solution next year. Instead, through six games, Brian, and and I want to know if I'm jumping too far here, but through six games – it seems like next year's quarterback is not on the roster right now. And I don't know how many of the guys at wide receiver on this team should expect playing time next year either. Like the, 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 the passing game, and I know there are other problems, but like the, the, that, that's, where, that's where the majority of the focus is. And we can talk about playing different players this season, but if we're talking about the portal opens in a month and a half. Like that's, that's, you know, we're getting into that season and Auburn's going to have to hit it and find several new starters based on, based on the returns through six games. If, if Hugh Freeze wants to turn this thing around next year. And that's, I I know, you know, depends. Remains to be seen what happens this year. You know, we'll we'll see They, They could, Peyton Thorne could have a breakthrough. They could play Robbie Ashford more. Although, it sure seems like Robbie Ashford is just running eight to ten plays, it's, and it, and you know they run him to the <clears throat> they run him to the right and the left like Tech Mobile, yeah. uh, and that's and that's the playbook. Which yeah. I wonder if that tells you that they don't trust where uh, where the ball's going to go or uh, how like I, I don't know. But the you know the big takeaway I would have not just after LSU but through six games is they are without answers at quarterback and receiver, and need to find them desperately. This offseason. Yes, I agree, hundred percent. I, I don't. I don't necessarily think any of the quarterbacks are wide receivers. Maybe some young receivers. I don't want to discount Jay Fair, of course, and uh, Caleb Burton got his first start. So yeah, I mean, I'm not saying all of them, but, but based based on the first six games of the season, right? And some of that's got to do with quarterback, and some yeah. of that's got to do. But like Jay Fair, yes, has a promising start. But what what are his stats, especially if you single right. out just the the four conference game? I mean, right. yeah, yeah, the whole passing game has to be revamped in the offseason, and that's personnel wise too. And you can do it. There are teams. There are teams that have gone out this off season, you know, and, and have had have brand new. I mean, you look in, in Notre Dame, right, with with Sam Hartman. Yep. Uh, uh, Colorado with Shadur Sanders. Uh, you know, the, a lot of you know most of those quarterbacks in the Pac-12 came there through the portal, right? Like you know, a lot of those guys are portal transfers looking for a new start. So Auburn, Auburn will be able to find 
answers in the or they'll be able to find they'll be able to find someone. Well, they got to make better decisions. I mean, I, you know, sometimes you're, you're left with what you're left with, and you got to do your best with it and hope. Um, but in those particular positions, it just hasn't worked out for Auburn. Auburn Auburn's helped itself a lot on the line of scrimmage, and then the silly Kite uh, injury really hurts them there. Um, but boy, the, the um, and and Batie turned out to be a really good player for Auburn, but. That passing game just is just so tough right now. The the question at quarterback, even for me, is tough. I would probably, to be honest with you, I would probably just roll with Ashford more, and 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 feature the running game more and you, more you've power got runs. Your, you've got your finger on the pulse about this, so I, I want. I don't know. think they're going to do this. <clears throat> no, but I, but I want to know is one of the reasons they might be reluctant to go with Ashford because they don't think that they can recruit receivers to an offense where they're running the ball. 75, 80% of the time. I mean, that may be, but then again, you've just got to tell the recruits, hey, this is the offense we're going to run, but we got to run this now okay. just to try to win games. But the other thing is, if you really looked at the LSU game, right, for instance, sure, Peyton had his struggles, absolutely, but Auburn's two touchdown drives were Peyton Thorne drives. Now, there was another nice drive that Robbie Ashford put together. I think it was in the third quarter. I could be wrong. He got Auburn to midfield. They brought in Thorne, and it was three plays a punt. Yeah. So you can sit here and, and make a good case argument for either one or maybe an average case argument or below average case argument for either one. But I don't necessarily think Auburn's in – I don't think it's you have to have this guy or you have to have this guy. I, I don't think either one is, quote, unquote, the answer. It's just – who can get you to the finish line, you know, and win, win some games here. I use the metaphor off the air of rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic as far as which quarterback do you <laughs> want to go with. Maybe a little bit which, too well, much Well, as far there, as yeah. which quarterback do you right. want to go with this year? I mean, maybe maybe Ashford gives the team a slightly better chance to win this season. Yeah. I, I would be, um, you know, I, I just if I think if you make that change, you're going fishing in the portal again for a starting quarterback. I think the, the way over. you are. Yeah. yeah. Period. Yeah. You have hey to. Hey, guys. You can't Bill do this Cameron. again. What's up? Um, you know, the thing, Monday, with, guys. the thing with Peyton is it seems like the passing game with him is inside of a 10 or 15-yard box, and that's it. I'm, I'm not saying he doesn't try to throw downfield some. And, and, you know, Robbie, it's more more so run the ball and try to throw the ball deep. Throw it deep, right. And I'm not saying Robbie is the perfect quarterback to throw it accuracy-wise, but maybe that's a better way to run things right now. Force teams to try to stop the run still run against that and then occasionally throw the ball deep and maybe make some plays that way. I mean, Brandon Frazier made a play. Yeah, he did. Okay, that, that that's great. I mean, you know, make a play. Yeah, one, one of the bright spots, right. I think, for the Auburn offense on, on Saturday was, yeah, Brandon Frazier having a, a career night, but there aren't too many of them. No, I Don't mean, there, there's, an, there's an awful lot to talk about. Awful lot to talk about. Now, we know you want to join us I as called it, well. I called it the Friday show. I don't know if you heard yeah, that. Yeah, I part. heard yeah. you. I mean, yeah, I got I got stuck waiting for a, waiting me, for a paper to get signed. Can't let me uh, open the show like that. Uh, why? Because you don't know what day it That's is? That's right. Sometimes. Yeah. You know, after, after the weekend is um, over. Well, yeah, well, I wish it were Friday. So people hey, people should call the hotline, right? The, uh, the, 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 the phone number? Oh, yeah. 334-321-1390. How about, We've got calls holding. How about the, the drive hotline presented by Skybar? Now, oh. now, now the new we got we got a sponsor for the Good uh, deal. for the hotline. So yeah, so our, our friends from uh, from Skybar Cafe are are now uh, help, helping us present the uh, the hotline. We just need to make sure that they know that they're calling our yeah. our hotline 
presented by Sky Drive Bar. It's not, it's not the Sky Bar hotline. No, do, if you leave your phone at <laughs> Sky Bar, do not call 334 We welcome your calls. I mean, you know, from a, we won't be able to help you with some a, of those from things. From a pay phone, you know, right. don't, don't call us. And, uh, <laughs> well, I called, I called Drew from a desk phone. I was over in HR waiting for a paper to be signed, and I had left my phone in the car because I thought I'd just go in, drop the paper off, and head over here. We've that was at about 340. We've debated whether or not there are any more pay phones. In, in Lee County, um, I haven't seen. Them I don't think. Are. I don't think so. But but yeah. Right. Um, tell you what. Let let's 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 get to a call. I know it's right time for our break, but we'll get to a call. And Dak gets us going. Hey Dak. Hey guys, good to hear you today, man. So so many things to talk about. Oh yeah. And, and you remember last week I said that we we gotta weather the storm and don't go nuts if we get our tails kicked. And that's exactly what happened. These last six games are winnable games because we match up with the rest of them. We did not match up against LSU in no position. No, and I, I, that's what I was afraid of all last week. I said, this is not a good matchup. The, you know, it's the, not. The thing that bothered me, well, I mean, a lot of things bothered me. But what bothered me a lot is something that Hugh Freeze talked about after the ball game, and again today, is that this isn't what you would expect – as far as being competitive after an open date, I was that, I, I was a little disappointed. And with I that. would say, and, and Dak, I, I would acknowledge that my opinion could change over the course of these next four or five games. I'm just sort of Let saying, me. based on what I've seen through six, you know, here, tell, here's tell me, here's the diagnosis. Guys, guys, tell me where Thorne struggled at. Tell me on Saturday night a place where he struggled. To me, well, just watching it on TV, I did not get to go, and um, in hindsight, I'm I'm glad glad that that's the way it went. It it appeared that late he was he would hold the ball. It's like I don't know if Peyton's yeah. waiting for receivers to get open yeah. and deliver the ball, right. but he it, seems it to is. hold it, it a little long. It, it, it's because he has to, guys. We don't have a receiver that would start anywhere else in the SEC, not one, and this. In my opinion, as a coach, and I know what, what he is trying to do, okay? He's trying to establish his offense. And coaches can be stubborn, okay? I think the RPO offense is killing us right now because we don't have receivers to get the job done. If we ran the football the other night and just went into that game saying, we're going to run the football, throw to the tight end, throw some quick hitches, that game would have come down to the wire. I, I believe that without a shadow of a doubt. But because his offense, and I'm not blaming Coach Freeze at all. I, I back him, and he's a, I believe he's the man for the job. So please don't take this the wrong way. But because of his offense, and he wants the RPOs to be ran, and when you get one-on-one, he wants you to pull it and throw it. We do not have receivers that can go get the ball, beat anybody deep, and catch the ball with their hands. Yeah, one of the things he said today, Dak, was that, um, you know, he wouldn't be sitting there if it weren't for up-tempo and RPO, right. and he can't do what he wants. Right. And it's That's really right. – that is just driving him crazy. It, it seemed like – oh, we'll go ahead, Dak. Well, what I was going to say is we're at the halfway point, and I can imagine the whole trip back on his mind is, okay, do I stay with my offense and establish it, or do we try to do everything we possibly can to win these last six games? And to win these last six games, and it doesn't matter which one is 
run the football. And we and did you know how many times we ran the football on third down this year? Uh, not many, it's but most of them have been unsuccessful. Yeah. But how many? How many third and down. how many third and five and th- five and fewers as as Auburn faced well, this year? What I'm saying is, as a coach, a lot of times you forget a lot. Of, the best time to run the football is on third down, whether it's third and eight or third and nine. And the way our receivers are, and the way we can't keep people, especially when they bring extra guys on the blitz, we can't be successful. I would rather run the football and punt than look at the way that we look sometimes. But the one thing that I did see that I was proud of, and this would open it up if we do run the football a bit more, if we commit to it, is the tight ends. We, we can get throws to the tight ends if we try to establish the run more. Uh, I mean, you guys, it, we could have ran the football the other day against LSU if we had committed to it. But every time when you got one-on-one, and that's what LSU was doing, they were daring us because they know the offense. They know when when the quarterback sees one-on-one by himself to pull it and throw it. And that's what we kept doing, and it was killing us. It was killing us because we're not successful at it. Yep, appreciate appreciate the call, Dak. Uh, it's more than a little frustrating right now. There's no question. Yeah, I mean, the I, I just – I think Auburn would love to run the ball more. There's the question of our defense is keying in on that, and would that make it tougher? I know that after well, after Auburn had the two completions to Camden right. on Saturday, it felt like LSU decided to get a little bit closer and, and play the receiver. Well, they, like, just, I, they just played them uh, inside and, and made them go outside, and Auburn can't complete that pass. They can't. They can't. They just can't execute it. And you're kind of fighting. Receivers. You're fighting one armed if you're. But you if, know if you can run out of the RPO, but if. A team knows you're doing it. They just move the safety up and make you choose pass, and then your passing offense is so poor you can't execute it. What I think they should do, which I don't think they're going to do, and I, I think what the caller maybe thought, I don't want to put words in his mouth, was let's line up, let's play old-school football, let's put Robbie in there because he can um, make it a little bit tougher to defend a run, and let's just run the ball. Let's not make that decision on where the safety is. Let's just run at him anyway and run play action out of that. You know, and maybe Peyton Thorne's the guy for that. I don't know, but I don't think Auburn has the personnel to run this offense. I keep trying to run. I know it's going to have some success at times, but I just don't. But they're not running. They're not running Hugh Freeze's old offense for sure. I mean, yeah. they're not running I'm that not either. Sure. I'm not sure. I mean, Auburn they're is. running. I, that's the thing. That's got to be driving every everybody over there crazy because they're not running. They're not really running Philip Montgomery's offense. They're not running Hugh Freeze's offense. They're trying to run something. As Hugh Freeze was saying today, to help the defense, yeah. and now he's thinking, do we just forget Scrap about that and go tempo I and know. just and just run something that they're more comfortable with? I don't know. I don't know either. But it makes sense to me when a coach says, "Okay, Ole Miss and LSU are high-scoring, high-powered offenses. You want to possess the ball, slow them down, keep the ball away from them." But if you can't, but, but if, if you, you can't, but if you don't have the personnel to do that, what work. do you do? I don't know. Yeah. You, you, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that. Love for you to join in. We're just underway here on the Monday Drive. This is Zach Alsterman and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Monday afternoon. 
Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews from AuburnSports.com, Drew at the controls. Full bank of calls, and let's get to them. And Quez is up first. Hey, Quez. Hey, hey, Bill. I'm a longtime Auburn fan, and I'm from Opelika. I'm, I'm 31, and as long as I've been an Auburn fan, I ain't never seen our offense look that bad, even with Sean White with a quarterback. Uh, I'd say there were there were similarities then. I would say, but however, in these days, I'll the never way, forget three to three at Mississippi. Is that, was three that two. At Mississippi, three two at Mississippi three State, two. right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there there, there <laughs> have been some bad ones. Statistically, compared to some of the numbers that other teams are putting up, it's pretty bad. Though. It is. Uh, there's no question. It's bad. Yes. But I, I my my thing is everybody keep talking about the quarterback, but I don't listen to Hugh Free press conference before every game at the start of the week. He got to change his mindset. He always talking about the rosters and um, and he got to get his personnel. We understand that, but he got to talk with some confidence. You know what I'm saying? Like he said, did we? We got to hold him to field goals. We got to win. We, we got to do better all the way around. He had two weeks to get ready. I, I didn't like what I seen. They say Hugh Free, the guy, it's still on the table for, for me. Well, Quaz, you know that's that sort of gets to what I was talking about. I was I was expecting to see some things offensively, maybe that we hadn't seen. Some things that maybe they, you know, I I felt like well, with those two weeks, they'd go all right. What can we do? What can we do really well? Right. And let's do it. And that's very disappointing because if that's the case, there ain't much they can do well. <laughs> so I got a question for y'all. LSU and Georgia play right now. Who do y'all like? To me, it depends on where they play. Yep. I think if they play in Tiger Stadium, I'm definitely taking LSU. In Athens, I'd definitely take Georgia. Uh, let me – tell me what's going on about uh, early in the second quarter. Georgia gets off to a slow start. No Bowers. And Yeah, that's right. And LSU scores a couple of times. I, I, yeah, I, I like LSU. Ne- neutral field without Bowers, LSU might be favored over Georgia. Right now, I think if Bowers is back and healthy for the SEC championship game, like I don't think Georgia's an underdog to anybody in Atlanta, but let me see how the Georgia offense looks for a game or two without Brock Bowers. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah, see what happens in question. two weeks so, in Tuscaloosa. Yep. I got one more question. All right. We done seen a lot from holding, I mean, from Peyton Thorne and Robert Ashford. What, what any hard could do by throwing holding out there for a whole game? Nick Saban did it with. Taylor Miro out, play the other two, play holding ground. We got to see some. I know he won a state championship in Georgia. I know they're the Comet level, but I'm tired of seeing Thorne. I believe Ashford should be the man going forward, but I do want to see holding ground, grounder in real action. Well, you know, I tell you what, when it got, appreciate the call, uh, Quest. When it got 48 18, Brian, I was a little surprised Peyton went back out there. Yeah, I, 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 I was too, absolutely. Um, uh, I think they're just trying to get a spark. I, I think I, I don't. I don't really. There's no good reason for it. Put Holden in there, give him some experience on the road I, in a tough I, place. I, I was but, wondering. Yeah. I mean, he was there, wasn't he? Honestly, I, I didn't. I don't <laughs> was, know. Now, Var didn't. Uh, Var didn't play, did he? I did not see Var in the game. Because I didn't see him at any see, time now, either. Now, Andy, Andy mentioned Var 
uh, during the first quarter. I, I thought I did not see him. Yeah, maybe, no, I was, I was, maybe he was in there, and you couldn't t- you couldn't tell on TV. Yeah, no, I couldn't tell every time who the who the guys out wide were. So but maybe he was. He on wasn't one of the, targeted on one of the Caleb Burton catches. Okay. I think Var was okay. mentioned as someone who was out blocking, well, I, but I, I don't I, know. I missed that. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I but that might have been. You know how it can be with the jerseys too. Right? Oh yeah, like five can be six, and you know so, absolutely. But so I, I don't know what the uh, what the story is with Var. All right, we'll get back to the phone. One more before our bottom of the hour break in Millhouse. Is next. Hey, Millhouse. Hey, how are y'all today? Pretty good. Oh, previous, previous caller kind of stole my thunder. We, we know what Robbie can do. We've obviously figured out what Thorne can do. But I would have a hard time if I'm a teammate of Thorne. I coached for a while. And, and every time he runs out of bounds, but especially on fourth and two, you don't. nobody's talked about that. You don't put your foot in the ground and try to get a first down. I mean, if he's scared of contact, and I would be fine with me if he's played his last down after that. I don't know if people talk about that enough where he just kind of just gave up fourth and two, and he did not put his foot in the ground to try to get the first down. He just walked out of bounds. Like yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he didn't see the marker or whatever. I was, I was, I was uh, not well, being quiet no at the time. I was like, you got to throw the ball or dive for the first down. Quarterback's got to know down a distance every time. If he doesn't know where the marker is and doesn't have that wherewithal, why in the world is he taking snaps in a Division One college football game? And and this is a guy who started, you know, nearly thirty games in the Big Ten. Yeah, right. Like it's it's still you know there. Yeah, no things things shows, happen. Things happen in these first four games shows, that have the the four major conference games that have been kind of baffling for a guy with Peyton Thorne's experience. Millhouse shows how. No, and I, I do wonder, you know, I, I keep coming back to is there reluctance Bo, to Bo make Nix the switch? Bo Nix has had a great year, too, but if you play the SEC defense, what happens? It's, it's a different world. you got to put on your big boy pants. I keep I keep wondering if there's if they if there are reasons uh, beyond not making the switch uh, from, from Peyton Thorne to, to Ashford or, or or we had a caller just mention Holden as as someone like you want well, you want to mention what, what you said. Robbie, Go ahead. We know what Robbie can do, but uh, like you said, nobody really knows what Holden Holden can do. No, you're and right. When, and I, I'm with you. With five minutes left in the game, it wasn't as rowdy. You, you, you could have put him in in there at the end of that game to see what he could do because he can't redshirt again. But I, I understood not throwing him out there in the first series if they were going to make a change on the open week. But with four minutes left, I would have loved to have seen him get in there because I think he is definitely has the best arm talent on the team by far. And I, he may not have the escapability of even Thorne, but if you want to throw the football, you, wouldn't you put your best thrower in the game? I think I'd give him a shot for sure. Appreciate the call, Millhouse. We got to uh, get to our bottom of the hour break. Real quick, uh, according to the Auburn stats, uh, participation stats, Javaris did not play. Okay, so that's according to them. I didn't think. And so. those those participation is, is one of those things that's not always quite. No, that's accurate. true. And they'll go. They could go back and adjust yep. that. But yep. I didn't think I saw it. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Right back with more of your phone calls, John. You're up first when we come back here on the Monday Drive. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. 
Welcome back into the drive here on this Monday afternoon, 25 minutes away from five o'clock. And let's get right back to the phones. And John is up next. Hey, John. Hey, good afternoon. I had a uh, question I was going to run by with you. I'm pretty much uh, in concurrence with your first caller, uh, Dak. Uh, are these coaches so married to their offensive philosophies that they'd rather lose the game running the offense their way as opposed to trying to win the game by, you know, a different variation like, you know, Gus Malzahn? He created his uh, offense, basically, and he was not changing from it. I, I don't uh, think so, uh, John. That's not the feeling I get. The feeling I get is it's not the offense that either one of these guys is familiar with. They're trying to do something that they feel like will keep them in ball games, but it's it's you know the offense is just not working. I had the the question I would have asked at the press conference. I had a prior engagement that, that delayed me. I'm going to probably try to ask this on the uh, on the teleconference Wednesday. But I would like for Hugh Freeze to go into some detail about why the coaching staff believes Thorne gives the team a better chance to win at this point than Ashford and or Gurner, and that might mean explaining maybe what Ashford and Gurner still need to work on to get on the field because that's I think I think a lot of people have the same question of well, why are they sticking with Thorne why aren't they going with one of these other guys and maybe part of that is because we haven't heard not that not that they need to go into the downsides but but what precisely has the the coaching staff you know why, why the confidence is still there in, in Thorne to, uh, to to give the team the best chance. Yeah, to you're win. not gonna. You're, you're probably not gonna get Hugh Freeze to go well because he can't yeah. do this. Ashford and can't, that. and Gurner can't. Yeah, we're right. probably not. Okay. But but I'd, I I wouldn't. Know, I'd like to know a little bit more about you know whatever sure, that's what whatever he's wondering. whatever he's willing to share about that. We know uh, Hugh and uh, Hugh and Gus are supposedly good friends. How, I'm, I'm sure Gus would be happy to spend uh, an hour or two on the phone with him and uh, help him install his own read that Robbie could run. And then you know narrow the passing game down to throws he could make, because uh, Robbie's essentially Nick Marshall. Nick might have been a little bit better refined passer. I'm not sure, but to all the people sitting on the couch, it just appears that uh, Robbie gives us a little better chance of winning. I may be wrong, but that's just the way it feels. I'm so I'm I'm so down on comparing people to Nick Marshall. You know what I mean? Like that that was a that was someone with such elite skills for that offense, and also a. What, he finished both years in the 55-60 percent passing? Yeah, right at, yeah, right at 60. Right at 60. Second, yeah. I mean, to, to, be, to do that while also doing – and also to be the kind of athlete who could play defensive back in the NFL a year after starting the national championship, or, you know, a year and a half after starting Robbie the national championship. Robbie is an game. athletic quarterback. There's no question. He is a, he is a, pre, a premier athlete. But you've got to be able to pass. How about this? Uh, can Robbie catch? And if he can – What's the odds of uh, putting him in a slot position like Wes Welker? And he's a, you know, you throw him a three to five yard pass, and there's a chance he get to score a touchdown. Or we, had a, we had a conversation last week about mm -hmm. if you could switch anyone on the team to receiver uh, who isn't playing receiver right now, and you can't pick Rivaldo because that's cheating. Like who else would be on the list? And I think Robbie Ashford and J.C. Hart would both make my list if they're not starting at and their Jeremiah respective Cobb. positions. Jeremiah Cobb would also be, I guess, Batie. Although at this point, I think Batie should be starting at running back. Like so, <laughs> and yeah, but uh, yeah. Other than that, I mean, Hugh Freeze is definitely our guy. You couldn't have Auburn couldn't have picked a better person, period, uh, for the job and the fit at Auburn. And uh, it may take him a year or two to get his people in, but uh, I'm happy with Hugh. I'm just kind of disgruntled at the way we uh, oh yeah showed up in Louisiana the other night. Yep, yeah, I, I'm I'm there with you. Appreciate it, John. I, I tend to agree with him about 
them being married to the the the, the offense they want to run. You freeze. I, I really think in some ways he is. I'm not saying it as a, as a bad thing or being trying to be negative. I just think. I just don't think that it. Well, it sure doesn't look like anything I've ever seen Hugh Freeze run. Yeah, I, but I, but I just mean the the passing, the RPOs, all that stuff, and not just you know the old style. Put Robbie in and run the you know off tackle and and outside zone, inside zone stuff that maybe me and other people think they should do. You know what I'm saying? I just, I just don't think that's even an option. Well, you saw them. how LSU played Robbie in the game too, where they're bringing. I mean, it feels right. like it's feels like it's tight man coverage to every receiver, and then you're blitzing right with six guys at Robbie Ashford, and making him make a snap decision. And it does seem like if that's the blueprint, like that would be a tough thing uh, for but offense I've, to be able. But I've seen Auburn offenses run against that plenty and, of times, and and, and the, have success if if you do it right, and then that does open up the chance to throw up a ball and have somebody make a play, even though that doesn't work. So far, either, but you know, it did work with Brandon Frazier. On the stat sheet, the things that Peyton Thorne was supposed to help the offense improve on, like those haven't shown up yet. Like Auburn is near the bottom of the Power Five in, like, oh yeah, in like virtually every yeah. passing category. Imagine, you know, yeah. so, so so there is a question of, and again, I ask, and I know we got callers holding on, Bill, but like, is there is there any concern that it would hurt recruiting to go to a to go to a run oriented offense? It, it might, it gonna, other ahead. schools would certainly try to use it against them, but look, I mean, I. You freeze and his staff are really personable. They can talk. They they know these yeah. kids. They can talk. Now, to if them, they, they ran the wishbone, hey. I mean, if, if they right. ran the wishbone and told recruits we're doing it because we don't have the guys sure. to run the offense, I think they'd they'd buy it for a year. Because I I told you I don't, I don't my, think I, I know I know my, I've, yeah, I've heard my, some people going and oh well no we don't need to do that because it can hurt recruiting. What's going to hurt recruiting worse? This I mean you think going out and. And not being able to pass for right, any yards, any score any offense, points. Right, I mean, that doesn't help all, you yeah. either. Now, how much of it do you think is the matchups against these last three really talented uh, I think teams? That if Auburn tries the same, right. if Auburn that, tries the same thing against right. Ole Miss or Mississippi State right. at home, they could have better results. There's got to be some. Perspective uh, I don't know that there. Ole Miss is, is that much worse than LSU defensively. I don't. I, I don't know. That you, we got to remember, Jordan here at night is a really tough place to play, and that can really disrupt things. It and needs make things to be different. Saturday night. Let me tell and you, I, it I, needs to be. I don't believe that Auburn's as bad as it looked at LSU. I think. No. I no, think teams I mean, have. They had competed better against right. everybody yeah. up until Saturday. Yeah. That that's what I that's what I said. I was disappointed yeah. with. All right, back to the uh, back to the phones we go, and uh, Terry's next. Hey, Terry. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Dan, I think that would be a great question for Coach Freeze in the teleconference because. When Peyton Thorne came to Auburn, you heard his decision-making and his accuracy was his two best qualities. Yep, that's what he said himself. Leadership yeah. was I've what seen, I heard I've, over I've and over seen none of those. Yeah. Well, you know, I think there have been times when the decision-making has been correct as far as where the ball needs to be. It's just a matter of, you know, the, the accuracy not being there. and it, All those things at the same he time. He has not turned it over. Hasn't turned it over. An inordinate number uh, of times. Has, has shown, I think, more as a runner than people were expecting, even. Mm-hmm. I mean, between the 61-yarder against Georgia and the – I mean, there, there were only two or three called runs. He may be Auburn's leading rusher against right LSU, now. but I mean, so so they're. But I still think if I think Jarquez is really really struggling. Yeah, as, and we we can get to that too. But but as someone, yeah, he he seemed like he was uh, thorn thorn through the air has has not been the solution folks were hoping for. Well, guys, is the he discrepancy is between the, the Big Ten and the South East Conference yep. just that big? No, I I think it has a lot to do with. I mean, I think that's that's some of it, but. He also had, I mean, there's a there's an NFL receiver playing in Tallahassee right now, 
who was who was Peyton Thorne's running mate and made things a lot easier. There and, was another one who was a second round pick in the NFL yeah, draft. Yeah, Kenneth Walker the <laughs> third was was a running back who ran for you know eighteen hundred yards or whatever it was that season at Michigan State. So you know, I, th- I think supporting cast. You know, Terry, not to bring this up with you. But I think it has a, it's the same question of why is Bo Nix so much more effective at Oregon than he was at Auburn? Right? Like supporting cast matters a lot. He's, uh, he's doing well at Oregon because that's where he wanted to be in the first place. But I won't get into that argument with you, Dan. Not um, the only reason, Terry. Secondly, uh, the last of the last thing, LSU is ranked next to last or last every defensive category, and Auburn can muster 300 yards and 20 points against them. That is correct. That's, that's the really tough thing to take about uh, what happened Saturday, I thought, just that. Yeah, Jack State had more yards. It played, yeah. it played out a lot like the Mississippi State game, where, I mean, it was it was 24-0 LSU before State got on the board. Uh, I think it was – I think State had one first down to that point. It was 17-0. What did Hugh Freeze say? Like, the, the game the game felt over on the sideline. There was well, no they life. Scored, LSU scored their first four possessions. Yes, Total of 20 points. They scored their last four possessions. Oh. Those were all touchdowns. Oh, if the game – I mean, if the game had an extra quarter, LSU would have scored four more times. I mean, that, that well, second half – Well, they weren't half, pulling their first string either. Did the, you notice that? I, I did notice that. The second half second half LSU offense was, uh, was, was out for blood. Yeah, well, I'll tell you something, guys. I, I know that kid from USC might be the number one pick, but I'd take Jaden Daniels over him any day, any day of the weekend, twice on Sunday. You know, there's there's talk lately, and we appreciate the phone call, Terry. Good stuff. There, there's talk lately that there are more and more NFL teams that think Drake May from UNC might be uh, the best quarterback in college football uh, as far as the draft eligible guys. But no, I, I don't see anything. I don't see anything. Look, I'm bad at this game, but I don't see anything with Jaden Daniels. No, that, I don't either. Like, that would be a detriment. To I'd him want. I'd I'd on be an NFL team. If my NFL no. team took Jaden Daniels, I'd be psyched about yep. about what he could bring to an offense. Maybe it'd be Falcon. I, I mean, they're not going to get the first pick, but they're going to get a pretty good pick. Of the I, here's the thing: if you, yeah, if your NFL team needs a quarterback, feels like this is a great year in college football where you can watch between mm-hmm. Pac-12 football and Drake May and and you know Jaden Daniels. Like, there's a uh, Sam Hartman at Notre Dame. Like, there's there's some really exciting guys all over the country. Else elsewhere. Oh yeah, back back to the phone. The one more call before we get to our final break of hour number one. Inspector is next. Hey, Inspector. Hey, uh, who we got, Jason? Uh, Brian today. Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. You guys must be brothers. I get y'all mixed up all the time. Listen, uh, Coach is talking at, after, during the game and after the game about no consistency on offense. Yeah, he's right. There's, there's none on the, in the receiving core. There's none in the running backs. There's none in the quarterbacks. There's none in the offensive line. But, you know, that all comes back to him, and he said it. It's all on us. And uh, he's talking about his RPO and up-tempo games missing and everything. Well, that's strictly on him. Uh, he took Malik Willis in Liberty and did something with him and, and, and got the thing going. He should have done that with Robbie in the beginning. He put too much too much effort, too much uh, faith into, into uh, what's his name? Thorn. Thorn. And once he found out that Thorn didn't have it, he should have went straight, straight to Ashford and started developing him. You know, one other thing, Dan, you're talking about the comparison to Nick Marshall. Let me tell you, now, Nick Marshall was a junior when he did what he did, and, and he tried to do it as a senior. But Ashford is not a junior yet. What he, is he going to do next? This what, is Robbie what, Ashford's what fourth year of college football, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. He hasn't played that much, but he he's, played he's two, four he years played, removed from yeah, high school. Two years at Oregon. This is fourth. This is second year at Auburn. Undeveloped. Oh sure, no. I mean, I think I think you can question. And he was also trying to play baseball for some of that, right? At uh, yep. at, at Oregon, but which is which is real. I mean, a dual sport you, quarterback is you know. 
My point is to get Hugh Freeze behind Ashford and develop him into a Malik Willis, and we would have a fairly good offensive team. I wish you could ask Hugh Freeze that. Yeah. You know, I really do. I, I'll say this, and um, maybe Robert can do something like that, but you know, you is here. Uh, Kent Austin is here. Both those guys played a big part in that development. Uh, Philip Montgomery has had a few quarterbacks. Yes. RG three um, was an athletic guy. You know, m- maybe the potential that we see in Robbie, they don't necessarily see that. You know, or maybe they do, and they, and they just don't feel like he's um, he's that far along on the curve yet. Yeah, you know? my my specter, my guess would be, and I don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Um, it did seem, and I, I think I made this point earlier in the show, that like it's six, we're six games in, and it was off the bye week, and when Robbie Ashford came in for a Peyton Thorne who'd been struggling to that point against LSU, it feels like he runs, it's like six, six, eight, ten plays they have for Robbie Ashford that, that they run to the right and the left and they don't trust him on third and long. Like it's, um, I mean, the, the, you, you can wonder why, but it, it certainly seems like they have far more confidence in Thorne than any other quarterback on the team, despite the struggles of Peyton Thorne through the first six games. And that's sort of why I'm of the opinion, like they're, you know, n- next year's quarterback, probably isn't even on the roster. Well, you know, that comes into where there's no consistency. He needs to pick a quarterback. Whether he fails with him or not, he needs to pick him and go with it. But, you know, I've always said it should have been Ashford. I mean, the kid is, is like a – he has nobody teaching him anything, no development at all, and it's still going that way to this day. See you guys. I mean, Hi, Spectre. I, I think they work with him every day in practice. Yeah, you know? it's – I, it's hard for me to believe they're not trying right. to develop. I wonder their, what Specter means is, is like first team reps. Maybe that's what he means Maybe. by the kind you know because because you do need those if you're going to succeed. But you can only give one guy the majority of the first team reps, and it seems like you know they need to pick a quarterback. Six six games in, they've I think they have. Yeah, I mean it feels like the the, the ballots are in. All right, we'll get to our final break of hour number one. Olin, hold on, you're up. When we come back here on the Monday Drive. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Bill, Dan, and Brian. And back to the hotline presented by Skybar. And it's Olin. Hey, Olin. Hey, how y'all doing? Good to hear from you, Good to hear from from you, Olin. Yeah, well, listen, uh, <laughs> I think that if, if I were the third-string quarterback, I would either quit football or I would transfer somewhere because if a third-string quarterback can't get a chance to play with what I've observed with our order quarterback play, I mean, he, he should go on and do something else. Uh, and uh, to save my life, I don't know what the coaches would have lost by trying him at some point, he could they could have used him in the whole second half of LSU game. Hey, especially when you when you're down thirty, sure, a little bit more than they know, because I got news for them. They know this, and I know this, that there's a difference in players when you turn the lights on on Friday night or on Saturday night. And I don't care how you what you see in practice, you need to give a quality player, a chance to see that. And everything that I know tells me that Grenier came here as a quality player. And I, I don't think he's diminished in skills. So anyhow, that's that's one thing I look at. The other thing is this simple. Uh, 
I think that, that at LSU, the coaches let the team down. I don't think they had their team ready at all. They didn't appear to be. I say that by look at the first series they ran on offense and look at what a disaster it was. How do you have two weeks to prepare and go down and not be able to put together some decent-looking plays on the first series? All right? And on defense, I don't. I think this is the first time that maybe the defensive coordinators took a little rest, too, because obviously they didn't take something away from the quarterback. Now, what they needed to do was decide what they're going to take away. Now, with that quarterback, I think the thing you needed to take away was his running. For God's sake, don't let him run on you, which means don't worry about trying to force him. Just try to keep him in the middle and keep somebody in the middle with him and let him throw it. Because I guarantee you, he'll kill you with his feet more than he will with his arm, and his arm's pretty darn good, too. Yeah, he didn't miss a pass in the second half. I I mean, (laughs) nothing may have worked, but anyhow. That that was actually... Olin, that was sort of the strategy Don Dunn suggested on Friday: build a box around mm-hmm. a mobile quarterback, and and try to keep him, you know, in you've the pocket. You've got to, you've got Oof. to. He's got to feel some pressure yeah. though, because you give those receivers, like we were talking about the other day, give them five, six seconds. Yeah, they're going to be open. I'm not saying give them three yeah. steps, Bill. Right? I'm not saying yeah. Auburn's quarterbacks are playing well, right? But I think the number one problem with Auburn's passing game right now is the wide receivers. Wide receivers. Number Pass one. rush, O for O for either. Yeah, I mean nothing's going right yeah. there, but yeah. Mm. All right, Brett. Who else have we got? Brett, Tex. Hang on, guys. We're at the top of the hour. You'll be up first when we come back for hour two. This is the drive. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in, hour number two of the Monday Drive. Bill, Dan, and Brian, and again, yeah, one of these days. We'll uh, we'll find a sponsor for the Oof. for the behind the scenes for the rest of the show. But speaking of the sponsors, rest of the show. oh, shout out to Paul Harvey yeah. as always. Uh, but but speaking of sponsors, Bill, but Paul Harvey and the <laughs> the green who's the onion? Who's the guy I'm a big fan of? Justin, uh, the, the 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 Cajun cook. Oh oh oh, uh, Justin Wilson. Justin Wilson. Justin Wilson. Okay, yeah, yeah. The, the two those two guys. I always think we uh, diversions that we get into sometimes. Um, we we do have a sponsor for the. Uh, yeah, for, yes, for, for yes, the we do. Yes, we do. The uh, our friends at Sky Bar Cafe uh, presenting the hotline the three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Yes, we really appreciate them uh, sponsoring our hotline three three four five uh three three four five six four eighteen forty the drive text box presented by our friends at southeastern industrial contractors they also sponsor the podcast available however you listen to podcasts before we get to the phones let's quickly update you because game two of the alcs is going on right now and they're in the top of the fifth with the rangers looking at to make it a two games to nothing advantage before they head to Arlington, they're up 5-2 in batting in the top of the fifth. First ever Battle of Texas in a baseball playoff series, right. which, as we said, sounds more impressive uh, than it really is because Houston was in the uh, 
National League yeah. until ten years ago. <laughs> until about yeah, yeah, until about ten years ago. Uh, but the uh, yeah, the Rangers and the Astros. Winner goes to the World Series. Uh, Rangers could take a two nothing lead and take the series back home. Ooh, the Rangers just get a piece of another one. Is that Ty France? One? No, no, that was no, that was good. Enough. Uh, the uh, the Rangers leading five to two in game two, and we think Scherzer in game three uh, yeah, for, for Texas. So now the National League Championship Series gets underway tonight, Boo. and we'll have <laughs> the uh, coverage on ESPN 106.7 following the show. Fox showing the graphic: the Rangers have led, or they've only trailed in one of the 54 innings they've played in the That's postseason. That's pretty darn impressive. Thus far, six and zero oh start to the playoffs. All right, let's get to the. Hotline sponsored by Skybar and Brett's been hanging on for a while. Hey, Brett. Hey, Brett. Hey, guys. Um, I've heard all this uh, Peyton Thorne threw the ball well and the Big Ten, and now he's in the big bad SEC. And, you know, Bo Nix, if he was playing against SEC ball players, he wouldn't be, you know, having the year he's had. Does anybody remember where Jaden Daniels came from? Oh, I, no, I think the nonsense – I mean, that the, a quarterback is only playing well because of a certain league, like especially when you're talking about the major – like I think most of the quarterbacks succeeding in the Pac-12, if given a fighting chance with the players around them in the SEC, would produce – like we're talking about guys – I mean, they're going to be like, Caleb Williams and yeah, If that Nicks were the case, then Penix. the NFL would only have SEC quarterbacks. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's yeah. a – I mean, I'm I'm surprised, Brett. I mean, at, one, no, one of the reasons I'm surprised at Peyton Thorne's struggles is because the guy played for, for two-plus seasons as a starting quarterback in the Big Ten, and I thought that would bring uh, – you know, I, I, thought, I thought that would bring a, uh, uh, a level of performance that we haven't seen thus far. Yeah, well, but – He's in a different offense, and Auburn's receivers are not good. I mean, we heard for a whole month all this talk about the receivers and one in particular, and that they can't get off anybody. I mean, that they can't get open. And it doesn't appear they really know what's going on because when blitzes come, they still are running 25 yards down the field before they even turn their head around. And so there's no way for anyone to get the ball to anybody if they're running a 30-yard route, 25-yard route, and they're bringing six or seven. I mean, it's just no way. I You said earlier in the show, Brett, like I, I don't want to – things can change. There's six games left in the regular season, and a player or two can step up and make a case. Right now, it feels like Auburn's got a – I mean, whether whether it's recruiting guys out, straight out of high school or or going best available in the portal – it it certainly feels like receiver is a position and quarterback too at the moment where you're going to need another injection of outside talent into the starting lineup. Like I don't know how many of these receivers can can go into this offseason expecting a lot of playing time next year based on the based on the way things are going right now. And oh, no doubt. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, but it, Auburn needs to throw out the biggest NIL deals ever known to man for a quarterback. And at least a one receiver. Agree you 100. percent 100 percent agree. They, they've got to address this. It's got to be priority number one, along with the yeah. pass rushers. They got to have some pass rushers. And I don't think Hugh Freeze would disagree too much either. If if you know if speaking earnestly about, I don't know if he'd want to you know talk about the biggest NIL right. deals imaginable, <laughs> but the but hey. the priority, <laughs> but the pri- but the priority of of you know the need for look. He's, 
I, I don't think Hugh Freeze believes that he's some schematic genius who can take inferior talent and no. and and no. get them to play cases, way, but it can't get be way, way over their heads. Right. And, and no, 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 I'm not talking about this team. I'm just in, like consistently take uh, you know a, a, an outmanned roster offensively and and beat better teams with it. He needs uh, you know he he needs uh, he needs he needs guys. No, no question. Y'all have a great evening. Yeah. Appreciate it, Brett. I mean, to me, when you look at what Auburn needs in the portal next year, obviously quarterback, receiver, and pass rusher on yep. defense got to be the high priorities. The other thing I think that they might consider doing is making a shift here, and that is when you talk about NIL, is putting more emphasis on quality over quantity. And if that means they got to roll into next season with 65 or 70 scholarship players, I think they're better off. Because I don't care how many bad receivers, I don't want to be mean here, but they need a they need one outside receiver that can make a play, and they don't have one. Yeah, right? not not three or four average receivers. They need a playmaker. Yeah, and, and they're doing a great job re- recruiting them in, in this class, in high school class. They're going to get some talented guys in, but boy, they could use a veteran guy too. Oh boy, they could use yeah, one. And we, and we get into the you know the conversation. You know, everybody that's what everybody's looking for. You know, when a player like that gets into the portal, and I know. that's what you know. That's, that's why they that, that's yeah. why they can't. Well, we've got to have this for this and this and this. To heck with that. Go get a good quarterback. Go get a great receiver. Go get a couple of great pass rushers if you want to really compete. And they they tried that last year. And I don't know if the plan is necessarily wrong. It's just a matter of, like, did did you find guys that fit the system? Did you find guys that are are capable of impacting the SEC? You know, they they rebuilt the offensive and defensive lines. I think they did a good job there. Yeah, I think so. I mean, just just imagine what – what things could be like without those guys? Look, yes, we're 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 complaining and moaning and groaning, right? I mean, including me. Oh. But it, it, this team would be completely uncompetitive. There would be six LSU games behind Auburn if um, they didn't make this change and and they didn't, you know. Uh, you, overhaul you don't this think roster. this would have been the first thirty-point loss? <laughs> it would have been uh, six out of six. Nah, UMass wouldn't have okay, beaten. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 but uh, but you know in saying. the SEC, yeah. it would not. It would have yeah. been ugly. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's head down to Baton Rouge, Texas. Sorry, uh, it probably wasn't uh, the most pleasant Monday morning back, was it? Fine. I didn't get hurt at all this weekend. Well, no, I just uh, meant it, it's not as enjoyable as it could have been. Oh no, they don't mess with me. I've been down here way too long. They don't. They don't really spend a lot of time messing with me. And and you My know what? There some Auburn is- Auburn folks may not realize this. It's not the first time that LSU has spanked Auburn. I mean, we talked yeah. about the last few well, being close, but oh, there have been a few of these. Yeah, no Auburn fan will forget uh, Leonard Fournette I, and uh, that game. I referenced thirty-one-three, or it was a thirty-one-seven, maybe in in two thousand three, uh, on on the show on on Friday. Uh, you know, LSU was en route to a national championship. Uh, that year, and uh, that was one where fast start, couple Auburn mistakes, and uh, you know that you could you could hear, you could hear, the, you could hear the channels back. change. Cecil, Cecil the Diesel. That's yeah, it. Cecil the uh, Diesel. Yes. Yep. Of course, Auburn was still in that well, game. Auburn, Auburn, Auburn won from, that game. They, are you right? Is that right? Yeah. That, that was Damien. Was that Damien? Uh, that was Rusty. Yeah, Damien and Rusty. Remember? Okay. R- and they Rusty won that game. And yeah. Cecil ran for yeah. like three hundred yards. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my well, memory, my memory is ran it right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well. All right. So uh, I'm glad the game's in October because the weather in September really sucks, and it <laughs> used to be miserable to play in September. But Damian brought us back down because they couldn't stop us that day. They right. were so gassed on defense. 
Anyway, a couple things. Uh, number one, Bill, you and I have known each other for a long, long time. I'm married to a point guard, and she played for Coach Champion. So here's the conversation. What is he doing? Why? If you don't throw the guy open, he's not going to be open. The ball is being delivered late. And if you want to really see, if I get permission, I'll release them to you. Some clips I got from the All-22 that came from LSU. And so uh, guys are open if the ball is delivered before the break. Mm-hmm. On third and nine, we do the check down and throw the ball to the tight end on the left sideline. For like a three-yard we game. Do so, yep. well, we do so with three guys running open in the middle of the field. Now, see, I couldn't, so, I, I couldn't see that one, but uh, well, I saw a couple. I see it because of what I see it because of what kind of film it, it it is, and it was given to me intentionally by a couple former players there, so that I would at least look at it. Uh, we don't throw guys out of breaks; we throw guys after the break. After the break, it's easy coverage. Somebody asked, "Why didn't we just run the football?" Okay, Harold Perkins plus four, plus two more, we have no shot running the football. We don't have enough guys. You can't block enough guys. I think if you we can't block Harold Perkins for very long. Tex, if we tried that drive so, with Robbie, if we, if we tried the, the game with – like that, that hit Harold Perkins has on Robbie towards the end of uh, – yep. I mean, I, I feel like there, yep. there might have been a few more of those if Auburn just said we're going to line up and run the ball and, and play action off well, of it. And I think Robbie's a tremendous athlete. But his ability to throw the football, just look at where the touchdown pass is thrown on the right kneecap from five yards. So it's, it, it's, a, it's a combination of a lot of things. I think where Peyton, the question was asked early on, what did Peyton Thorne not do well on Saturday? Number one, he doesn't lead. Number two, he won't stand in the pocket and deliver the ball. He did a couple times, so I'll give him credit for that. Number three, he doesn't throw the ball past the second receiver hardly ever. Number four, he never throws them until after they're out of their break. It's, it's as though, you know, I, I wondered, Tex, it's as though he wants to make sure he doesn't turn the ball over and he holds on to it yes. a little too long. Yes, and as my wife said, he couldn't play point guard for Joe because he wouldn't get the ball to the right people. So you have to get the ball to the right people. I know it's difficult. That game is moving so fast. Mm-hmm. But he that's a that's a individual with a great, great deal of experience. I don't see why he would be flustered flustered by all the movement around in front of him. He's he's been through that before. Something's going on to where he almost I guess he almost feels like just like all the coaches that sit on the couches are saying, We want Robbie now. By the way, I think, look, here's what I think after last year, after watching what Cadillac did toward the end of the season, when he said, this is our quarterback and this is what we're going to go with. Uh, I don't see why we wouldn't try that now. But uh, he's, he's looking over his shoulder. When's he going to come in instead of playing the game? When you get on the field in a game, you have to play. You can't overthink it. You have to be able to react. You have to be able to trust what you learn. By the way, all the coaches think they're not getting coached, bull crap. They work on it every single day. I've never met a coach in my life, and I've been around this for a long, long, long time. Baseball, football, basketball, tennis, golf, ping pong, it doesn't matter. 
those coaches are working with guys, developing their skills to make them better players every single day. And sooner or later, it comes down to the player being able to do something. Mm-hmm. Tex, you know about – I know it's all college. You know about the inner game of tennis. I'm, I'm, cert- I'm certain you do based on the, the way you're talking right now. But, like, that's, that's the, uh, the book that the, um, uh, Timothy Galloway – uh, wrote wrote years ago mm-hmm. about so so he's yes. he says and it's sort of what you're referring to with Peyton Thorne. If you're thinking about your coaching while you're trying to perform as an athlete, you're not you're you've already like you're not going to be at peak. That's why you practice and practice yeah. and practice so, and practice so it, and practice so that it just becomes second nature. It becomes instinct. Yeah, and, so and, and you're it, not thinking. And I, if you're I, thinking, oh, I need to do this foot needs to go. Th-. No, I do wonder if that's going to be harder and harder with so many transfer portal quarterbacks learning new yeah. systems. Like you remember how lost Jaden Daniels seemed at times in the first half last year, and now he's unstoppable. Like it, it's, but, but I I don't know if there's an easy answer there. But it's been it's been missing for the first six games. Joe for, Burrow was for Peyton yeah. Thorne. Pretty good quarterback his first year. Yep. He was pretty good, but he wasn't no, Joe. He, he wasn't twenty nineteen. No, that's what I mean. I said yeah. he was a pretty good quarterback. But he wasn't twenty nineteen Joe Burrow. Because yeah. remember, people used to compare. Oh, look at his stats are the same as Bo's. Yeah. yeah. And then he had his second. Because he got year. hammered. He got hammered in his first year at yep. LSU. So they they couldn't block anybody. So just real quick, and I don't want to take a bite. There's a bunch of other people that want to talk, and I know that. Uh, so Saturday morning, uh, I think it's okay to say it because one of them put it on Facebook. Uh, Jeremy and Kirk. And a Auburn policeman, thank you for your service, Reed, came and played pickleball with us on Saturday before we played. Had a blast until we beat Reed, and then he got mad. That's a dig at him since he <laughs> says he listens all the time. He said he feels like, feels like he's known us forever, Bill, but it's the first time he ever met me. So uh, I, thank you for your service, Reed. Uh, it was great getting to know you on Saturday. Nice, yeah. And look, look, we all expected some of this, okay? That's so, right. Let Monday bitch on Monday and let it go. Yeah, yeah let's see what happens uh, Saturday. I mean, yeah, Auburn's yeah. got some winnable yeah. ball games. This doesn't have yeah. to define go. Auburn's season, right? right. Yeah. All right, guys. Y'all Appreciate it, Tex. Uh-huh. We need to get to our first break here of hour number two. Right back with more of your calls. Josh, Sherry, you'll be the first two here on the Monday Drive. Let me show with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Monday afternoon, 21 minutes after 5, Texas Gets uh, Nate Evaldi gets out of a huge jam. Ooh, wow. And Boach decides to stick with him. Bases loaded, that? nobody out. He gets two strikeouts in the ground out. And he would have been ripped to shreds if, if, um, you know, oh. if he kept him in and he if, gave if, up a If Altuve or yeah. you know, somebody, you know, just gets Top an extra base order, to tie the game. Probably the third time through, yeah, I would think. It yeah, it is. Yeah. What a, yeah, no, what a performance there. Yeah. I mean, that, that looked like real trouble for the Rangers, mm-hmm. and they will go into – uh, the, uh, they'll, they'll, go to the, they'll go into the end of the inning feeling yep. uh, pretty good about what just happened. All right, let's get back to the hotline presented by Skybar. And Josh is up next. Hey, Josh. Hey, Josh. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Doing fine. Oh, man. I just want to make a couple points, and I'll listen to y'all. Uh, first one is, have y'all seen – I'm sure y'all have, but have y'all seen the uh, numbers that are going around from different writers on comparing the offensive numbers so far to, like, all the previous years, like especially 2012 and 2008, have y'all seen that? 
I haven't seen them, but I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I've seen them. And, I mean, right now, of course, we still got some SEC games to play, you know, so, you know, it could it could be better or what. But as of right now, we're on pace to be worse than both of those years. Well, the thing to remember is those were the final years mm-hmm. for coaches, and this is the first year. Uh, well, yeah. As we said a little while ago, imagine what this. Imagine what some of these numbers could be if there weren't the transfer oh, portal. Yeah, I mean, I understand. Look, the December by before Freeze got to it. I mean, yeah, we we wouldn't have had an offensive line probably. I mean, I don't even know if we would have had enough bodies. Man, you're right. Have. I mean, I understand. It's just like Hugh is an offensive guy, and I just don't like the way. It's not that we're losing. Like we're at record wise, where it's kind of. Yeah, Auburn's about right where now. most people figured they'd be I mean, three and three at this point. It's not that uh, you know getting lo- like offense that offense for LSU is just ridiculous. I mean, I just knew we wouldn't be able to keep pace. I mean, the defense is just riddled with injuries. I mean, they're doing the best they can on that side, but it's just the way we look. It's just the there's not an identity. I couldn't tell you what we're trying to accomplish out there, and that's the problem. Like you can be back, like you can lose games, but you can go back to the tape and be like, okay, this is what we're trying to do. But I feel like we don't. We're seven weeks in, and there's no identity. I just I wonder. Just to get y'all's thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I wonder if the coaches, you know, are still looking. I mean, they're still looking for what Auburn can do consistently. Yeah. Well, and I don't. I mean, that's I not. It's not a good feeling yet. when you're yeah. coming off an open date, and that's what you saw. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like maybe we should do what you know, Cadillac and them did, just because right now the running backs and Robbie that in the tight end seem to be the three areas where you've seen the most flashes of talent, and the passing game for whatever reason it's a mix of receivers, quarterbacks, you know, everything. That's just not good, and I, these recruits can't come fast enough, these receivers that we're trying to get. I mean, we just – I don't know. It's just – that's the one thing, because you look at other teams, and I can tell you, you know, like Arkansas, look at their record, but you can go to the tape and be like, this is what their identity is. They just ain't able to win games. But for us, it's like – it just looks like, you know, we don't know what we're trying – like, we go into the game with a plan, but then we just don't know what we're doing. And I don't know. That's the biggest issue. But it's year one, and we'll we'll see what the rest of the season holds. And hopefully Ole Miss, we can get a big W and, and build some momentum and keep going. But appreciate it, guys. Appreciate the call, Josh. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame anyone who wants Auburn to make the switch to Ashford. I'm you're thinking this isn't working. Yeah. Try, you know, try I'm, something else. I'm skeptical that things will improve drastically. But you get to the point where you're wondering, sure. well, why not? Why not see? Right. Like, I like I do wonder, like, it, it's, you know, I sort of started the show saying it, it feels like it, it's disappointing to realize at least through six games that the answer at quarterback and receiver is, you know, is, is still eluding. Auburn, but yeah, maybe they maybe they try something else. Back to the uh, back to the phones we go, and Sherry is next. Hey, Sherry. Hey, how are y'all today? All right. Good. 
Well, I just wanted to say if any of the coaches are listening, probably not, but if they are, they I'm be begging practicing. and pleading. Yeah, they're practicing. <laughs> <laughs> well, the podcast, you know, yeah, they, may, they may not be right. live. listen later. Sure, it, it could get to them. You say, you say the right thing. Okay, I'm just begging and pleading for them to please put Robbie in as our starting quarterback. I feel like the definition of insanity is just to keep doing the same thing over and over that's not working. And I feel like he's proven himself at the second half of last year, you know, when Cadillac was a coach. And I feel like our players might respond a little better and might, you know, have a spark because they know him. A lot of them played with him last year. Um, so what will it take? I actually agree. I say Robbie and run the ball and throw it deep. Let's That's see. what I would do. Let's I'm not see saying – that's the the most sound football decision. I'm not a coach, but I'm 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 Rome. Uh, that's what I would do. Yeah, and, and I sort of I raised the possibility in the in the first hour, Sherry, of, of wanting wanting to get from Hugh Freeze maybe an explanation of of not 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 you know oh, we're going to hold his feet to the fire about why it's Thorne and not Ashford. But there are people sort of wondering like what does Thorne through six games bring to the table that has the coaching staff convinced he gives the team the best chance to win? And that's I think that's a totally fair question. For, for Hugh Freeze. I mean, is it, through, is it the NIL? Is it something with the NIL that they won't, do, you know, make the change? See, I'm, no, I'm convinced I, it's I find that hard to believe. I'm convinced it's entirely on field, but you have people asking questions about whether or not it's – was it promises made on the recruiting trail or things like that because it does, it does, it does feel like there aren't uh, – the, the answers on the field aren't, uh, aren't apparent. And, and, I mean, it's apparent as well how athletic Robbie is. Um, and he, you know, he. I feel like he can drum up more offense in some kind of way than Peyton Thorne can right now. Um, and then the other question I have, and I'll hang up, is um, do we uh, do we know why maybe Hunter is a little more underwhelming this year? Uh, What's yeah. going on with him? I think that's an interesting question, and I've not asked personally about this because he, sure, he surely has not looked like yeah. a Jarquez hunter we'd seen in previous I seasons I think number one he's gotten banged up which has slowed down and I think number two I think the situation he involved himself in he's responsible for it in the offseason has affected him in ways that's um affecting his play on the field and his preparation that is my opinion nobody has told me that appreciate the call Sherry let's get one more before we get to our bottom of the hour break and John is next. Hey, John. Hey, guys. Quick question. Would you guys say that right now Auburn has the second-worst roster top to bottom in the Southeastern Conference, only ahead of Vanderbilt? Uh, that's interesting. I, I don't know about Mississippi State. I'm, I'm yeah, into- I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that Auburn's roster is, is really that much worse than Arkansas's. Right. Um, yeah, how, we'll, how, we'll would, more, how we'll would they more, match yeah. up on the line of scrimmage against some of those East teams that aren't very good? You and, know, I don't. And know. I do think Auburn to this point is is whole, you know they're playing teams a lot closer than Vanderbilt is. Like not that you should take a lot of consolation in that, but like it is, right. it does feel like there's some distance between Auburn and Vanderbilt. But then you're right between but, Auburn and whoever's next. I mean, State. I, I think the the State game will will. T- I mean, some of the some of the recruiting people would tell you that Auburn has a more talented roster than Ole Miss based on like the talent composites. And things, but I well, I, I would say that it's, oh, it's got still less. But I, I don't think the gap years, so. is as big as people might make it out to be with uh, whatever Ole Miss is rated thirteenth going into today. 
right to Auburn. But it's it's but talent it's still, at talent at a couple of key positions. Yeah. Ole Miss has talent at quarterback yep. and skill Receiver. positions. Oh yeah, and running back. And, yep. and, and it, Auburn's definitely behind there. Oh yeah. One one quick thought I had then: if Auburn gets like completely ambushed by Ole Miss, I don't think it'll happen. But if they do, at what point do you just say? And this is kind of where my head's at. Back in 2019, Dana Holgerson, the Houston coach, basically just created a plan to preserve as many talented players as he could for the upcoming season, and he started sitting guys. And so it seems to me the only way you're really going to get better is get experience for your most talented players you know that can contribute next year and um, and signing day this year. And at what point – I'm, I'm at the point I don't care about the season. Do what you can to get better for 24. It's pretty much a lost season, especially if you get ambushed by Ole Miss, although it would be nice to beat, to beat Alabama. But I don't know how you correct – the, the weaknesses in this roster during the seasons where I'm at, if that makes sense, guys. That's really all I got. Yeah, it's a lot easier to say that from the outside than to be on the inside yeah. trying to win as many ball games as you can and, and hope you get still, to a bowl game. Just, and yeah, you're still trying to develop yeah. some of these young guys that are playing this year. Kyan Lee, uh, Keldrick Falk, uh, stand out certainly on, on defense. Now Caleb Burton uh, got his first mm-hmm. start, wide receiver on offense. And it is interesting to you. Yeah. You know, at what point do you start thinking like, well, let's start factoring in: is this guy going to be on next year's team or not? When deciding how much playing time he gets, I don't, I think, don't think. I don't, I don't think, think the they, Auburn's there yet. I don't think they ever factor that in. Okay, because you're going all the way to the Iron Bowl, right? You, you, are you going to roll out just a bunch of young guys right. for next year to play in the Iron Bowl and not try to win at yeah. home? I don't think. Like, no, I mean, Auburn's, Auburn's only not. a six, Auburn's only yeah. a six point home underdog to Ole Miss. You know, I want to see what happens in the next couple of games. It's mm-hmm. it's a. Um, and and also like I don't know where the obvious, I don't know where the obvious changes you would make there are like oh okay we're yeah, gonna go with this who's, right. who, who's not who what's else some, is what's not some playing hot it? shot freshman that haven't been playing Senda yeah. most of them are playing well, you're gonna, you gonna play Dylan Senda instead of one of the veteran offensive linemen yeah. like are you gonna you play saw, you saw Muskrat come in and get a, I mean get Connor Lou but you know he he may Connor Lou he may have earned it yeah. But here's the thing that Cobb? we haven't. I don't you think, play Cobb more than the other running backs. Yeah. Like, well, maybe so. That might be a good move. Maybe so. But here's the one thing I don't think we're all talking about enough is. Auburn just went through one of the toughest stretch of games that any team will go through in the entire country. Two tough road games and then a home game against the number one team in, in the nation. Right yep. now. Okay? Yep. So I, I know it looks bad right now, and LSU, Auburn didn't play as well as it should have, probably. Um, but it's not, you know, this is not the, the – I don't think it's going to define Auburn's season necessarily. It doesn't have to. No, we'll find out a lot more I, here over right. the next couple of weeks. I believe in 2009 – Auburn in Gus Mal in Chiswick's first year. Auburn went on the road to LSU and nearly got shut out, and the offense looked completely rudderless. And then a week later, oh, that was a, that was bad. And then that a week, bad. and then a week later, they came back at home and put up thirty something points on Ole Miss. Oh, an Ole Miss team that was ranked. So we've seen like there, you know, not not to not to say that's going to happen because it was fourteen years ago with a completely different cast of characters. But things can change week to week, especially when you go on the road against a team like LSU versus coming back home. Oh, you, I mean, you can look around at a couple of different things. I mean, um, teams look, that look, look, yeah. look, look, at, look at Louisville the last two weeks. Look at, I mean. Notre Dame. Yes, absolutely. I mean, as, as, yeah, I mean that Notre Dame's another one. There's, there's plenty of examples of, yeah, team looked uh, unstoppable uh, in, in one instance, and then a week later they. Just they sputtering. Or, or, or vice versa. Yeah. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Uh, we're right back with more of your phone calls here on the Monday Drive. 
Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final 25 minutes of the Monday Drive. And right back to the uh, to the phones. And Rain Man is up next. Hey, Rain Man. Hey, Bill. How's it going today? Pretty good. I wanted to let you know that uh, the uh, that that, uh, that tip you gave me, as well as the uh, um, the the product that I got from you, worked worked worked, worked great. Well. Absolutely fantastic. Yes. Hey, uh, I'm gonna rain on. I guess some callers parade just a minute, and then I'm gonna throw a little rain. Man's gonna throw a little sunshine in Auburn fans' lives. You ready? Let's hear it. All right. Good the news. reason, or not, I'll say the reason how you beat Auburn's offense is simple. You line up and play single coverage with all your defensive backs and just tell us we dare you to run the ball on us. And you just stop our run. Because even when our receivers get open, we have a quarterback who can't hit open receivers consistently. Occasionally he'll get lucky and hit one. But sometimes he just flat overthrows them. And as a defensive coordinator, you can take a little risk on that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Shut down a run, you make us one-dimensional. It's not complicated. The reason you don't go to the backup is because he's worse at that. He's even more inaccurate than the guy that's in there. We go to the backup. We're going to the Nick Marshall, Gus Malzahn 2013 offense, which everybody already knows how to stop. So we're going to have a rough year the rest of the year. I had said seven and five to you, Bill. I'm hesitant now with Arkansas because they look better than maybe maybe I thought they were, and they're playing for their coach, and they seem to like a lot. And oh, they, they love it. The only thing well, about Arkansas. It's an 11 o'clock game at Arkansas, you know, and 11 at Arkansas doesn't bode well for us, right? No, not usually. I will say this, though. Arkansas, I mean, Arkansas has the worst offense in the SEC. They're barely averaging 300 yards a game in total well, offense. They can't be much worse than They can't I. run. They cannot run the ball. How can you can you believe an Arkansas team's yeah. averaging less than 110 yards a game rushing? With their coach and the way they want yeah. to run They the at least back. believe that Rocket Sanders could be coming to give them a boost because they've been without you know a top right. running back for much of the year. But without without him, uh, defenses are just sort of – yeah, defenses yeah. aren't respecting the rest of the running backs. And, it's, and, they're, and they're just honing in right on it's, – it's open season on KJ. It's, it, yeah. it's similar to – what what I think people think an Auburn offense would face if if Auburn made the switch from Thorne to Ashford and what Thorne's I, seeing a lot I of too, concur. which is which is sort of just really aggressive man coverage and they're sending five or six yeah. right at the quarterback on every play. Absolutely. All right, you guys ready for a little sunshine, Auburn Nation? Oh yes. All right, I had asked you, Bill. I told you, man, a buddy of mine were discussing. We were trying to name every Auburn head coach who beat Alabama in their inaugural season, and we came up with two names. And then I stretched it further and said those same two coaches beat Alabama and Georgia in their inaugural season. And we thought maybe for a minute that was uh, – Well, Terry Bowden did, of course, 93. Terry, Terry Bowden and Gus Malzahn. And we thought maybe uh, our, our right. great head coach, Shook Jordan, might have beaten Alabama in his inaugural year, but it turns out he didn't. He went 5-5 five and five that year, right. I think, and 2-8 and eight his second year. That's right. Tommy Tupperbill started 5-6, and six, I think. Mm-hmm. Pat and and uh, he ended up beating six. Alabama seven out of ten times in six in a row. So my, my ray of sunshine is take hope and take heart, Auburn. When we have coaches who beat Alabama and Georgia in their inaugural year, they flame out pretty fast. And they never equal that success again. But when we have coaches who take a minute to build a program the right way from the ground up and we maybe go 
five and six or six and six that first year, maybe seven and five this year. Uh, we, we do better over the next 10 years or so, and even under Shook's case, a lot more years, than, than when we come in with a, a bright flash in the pan that fades pretty quickly. I like it. Appreciate it, Ray. I Matt. like it. Yes, sir. 334-321-1390, and Daniel is next. Hey, Daniel. What's up, Daniel? Hey, gentlemen. I hope we're doing well today. Um, we're still, of course, licking our wounds from Saturday. But uh, as you can guess, it's that time of year that we've become so accustomed to as far as looking ahead to the hardwood. Um, are we surprised with the preseason poll coming out that our Tigers are not in the top 25 with – Big names like Broom and Holloway. Thanks, guys. Not really. Good, good, I'm good. not. I'm glad we get a basketball yeah. question. In there. I mean, that is that is good. I'm not really surprised in that you look at how much of the numbers that Auburn had last year are not returning. Um, I think Auburn is better than where they are ranked. Yeah. But I'm I'm not shocked. And Auburn about thirtieth, right in the AP poll. Yeah, thirty second, I think maybe in in votes, things like that. 15, but their schedule fifteen in Ken Palm, which yeah. was released over their the weekend. Their schedule is going to allow them to yeah jump yeah if they if they win some ball games. Yeah, they, they will be tested and they will be absolutely ready for SEC play. Yeah, if I voted in the AP poll, I think I would have Tennessee and Arkansas somewhere in the top twelve. I would have Auburn and Bama somewhere in the top 20. And I think I would have Texas A&M somewhere in the top 25. I think that's probably where I would be going with SEC teams right now. Maybe. Is Kentucky a top 25 team right now in your eyes, Bill? With a, with a bunch of highly touted freshmen? They're questionable, and yeah. Like that, that's one I, where, I mean, Kentucky's in the top 20, I think, in the AP poll. Largely, I think, because they're Kentucky. Right. And so, because of the name. Uh, the yeah, I, I, would, uh, I would think Auburn's going to have a chance, including uh, Baylor in the top 25 uh, is, is uh, going to be there on, on opening night. In South Dakota, uh, so Auburn gets a uh, uh, gets a chance early on to uh, to make an impact. Appreciate the call, uh, Daniel three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Who do we have next? Mike. Mike. Hey, Mike. What's up, Mike? I know uh, Auburn's capable of making a lot of SEC SEC teams look good, but I think the story the other night was how good LSU looked. They I mean, are they are a very very good. Offensive I don't know team. who I would take right now at LSU in college football. Like if I if, I don't know who's playing at a level where it's like if they were going to Baton Rouge this Saturday night. Even tell you what you take. Who Brock, are you going to take? Uh, you take Brock LSU Bowers. Alabama. You take Brock Bowers off the off the field. I don't know. It's tough to pick anybody that's in Tuscaloosa. Tough, that's either. a tough pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but but you take Brock Bowers off the field. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how confident I would feel about picking Georgia at LSU. Uh, this this Saturday night. No, you're right. When they get rolling, they are a they are a hurricane. And, and we got to we yeah. got to remember a team like LSU who's who's looked bad at times this season, right? But they have talent, and teams like that can get better as the season goes on, right? So this and could they, be this well could be a turning proved. point for them. Yeah, I mean, if they're if and Hugh Freeze said today they've really improved a lot defensively the last couple of weeks. If they just get to be okay right. defensively, they With can beat offense, anybody. Exactly. So that makes yeah, I can see yeah. him. I can see him going to Tuscaloosa and winning, and I think Alabama's probably a little better than Georgia. I don't know. I mean, Alabama, I know. Alabama's played really. Alabama's but now they now Alabama's the last, offensive line still still trouble. And, and, and it felt like it felt like Alabama was about to blow the doors off of Arkansas, and instead Arkansas fought yeah. their way back into that game. It was twenty-one-three, and it, you know you, you think 
And I've seen this script before with Alabama against an overmatched SEC West opponent. That's not what happened. Uh, but no, I think that is, I mean, LSU Alabama, LSU Alabama is a, a titanic matchup of two. Uh, I mean, they look to be playoff quality teams at the moment. They both have a shot if they keep winning of, of getting in. And well, if LSU beats Alabama, that's going to knock Alabama out of the whole thing, right? Oh, you're right. It it uh, it probably most most likely. I mean, I can't say for sure. Would you believe the crazy thing to believe is Alabama uh, has been uh, their second in the SEC in most sacks allowed, and yeah. I mean that's with an athletic quarterback yeah. in Jalen Miller. That tells you how much so that tells you their offensive right. line has yeah. struggled. Big fat and slow. I think, yeah, Alabama and Georgia are both down a little bit. I see LSU coming up some. They're getting better every week and probably have the best coach in the SEC. Well, we'll see We'll see how, how much the loss of guys like Jaden Daniels and Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas and some of those guys will affect them in a year. But yeah. they, they, they do every year. They've, they've got just superior skill players. So, so impressed by what Jaden – I mean, you put the, – the team around him is special too, but Jaden Daniels does things mm-hmm. that just – I mean, they, they take your breath away sometimes. Appreciate the call. 334-321-1390. Before we get to break, Brian, I want to make sure we've got time for this. I mean, we've had uh, tons of calls throughout the day. You got a website or something, right? Yeah, there's there's something going on. A little Monday musings today with uh, a pretty good tour, huh? Yep, yep. Um, uh, Featured uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, a great band. Um, And, of course, we're part of that. Grunge era, which changed music there for for a little while before hip hop. Talk sort about of took the whole. It, it wasn't just the the, the the Chili Peppers weren't the only band that right, was there right. on the tour the, though. The tour that started with those guys back in, um, I think it was '92, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. I think so. Uh, included Smashing Pumpkins and Pearl Jam, and this was after Pearl Jam came out with their famous uh, album Ten, and then during the tour, um, Nirvana replaced Smashing Pumpkins, and of course, this is after Nirvana came out with their famous album never mind i mean you're talking about three of the premier grunge bands of all time right there together and uh for those five shows and what have you so yeah i wrote on that and i wrote about the chili peppers and then of course uh we were at g freeze's press conference today we'll be at um, practice tomorrow we'll talk to some players tomorrow also i'm sure i know henry's going to be at the uh, basketball uh, media days is that nashville i'm not sure where it is birmingham Uh, birmingham Birmingham. that's right and um i'm gonna try to get my baseball again uh this week too and uh of course, all that coverage, football, should be a big week of recruiting. Um, and I, I guess we should make Yeah, I mean, got a commitment today. Yeah, uh, a big uh, 2025. Jordan Crawford? Yeah, uh, Jordan Crawford from Parker High School in Birmingham. Big. Uh, I'm a 300-pound defensive lineman. Yeah, uh, going to probably be a nose guard, in my opinion. Uh-huh. One of those really quick guys that guys, you know, can struggle, can move a lot and do some different things. But um, that's the fourth commitment Auburn's got in 25 class, so you can really see them – making those inroads that's the most i can remember oh, at for, this point for in a time. year more than a year ahead yeah, 14 yes. months that i yeah. can remember Robert had maybe maybe there's another time they did and somebody can remind me of it but that's the most i can recall and that's a great sign that auburn is starting to finally catch up with the georgias the alabamas the lsu's the ohio states etc that have done this year in and year out for going on a decade in some cases yeah and they got a, at least a couple of guys coming in on officials this weekend yes for uh, a couple of junior junior college kids right um, a defensive lineman and, a, and I think safety. a safety. Yeah, two guys that could step in and start or play right away. And um, we'll continue to update that visitor list. It should be another impressive uh, group of visitors. Uh, you know, I know things on, on the field aren't as good as everybody would like, but things are going really well off the field. Run down tomorrow? 
Uh, we did it today. Oh, okay. So that, and it's out. I hadn't checked it. Oh, yep. I'll have to check that this evening yep. then. That's always always fun to listen yep. to. I appreciate that. And of course, they can follow you. Yes, uh, online uh, on Twitter or X at bmatau. Also on Threads, but Sports Twitter hasn't really gone to Threads yet, so it's just kind of there, right? Yeah. All right, we'll Chili, get to- Chili Peppers uh, released Blood Sugar and uh, Nirvana released Nevermind. I think it was the same day. Same, same day. day. Right. Brian Everyone? mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the Tim was released. I think it was a couple months before, if I'm not mistaken, maybe. But Tim didn't really catch on until the next year. Jeremy, right? It was. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, th- I think it was. I think it was Jeremy that, that broke. Uh, it might have been broke Tim into the mainstream. All right, we need to get to our final break of the afternoon. Still time for a call or two as we wind things down here on the Monday Drive. This is Lee County Revenue Commissioner Olene Price. When we have-